Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Neuro Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. Oh, it's been a very, very busy week out there in the world of nerd news. A lot of discourse about a whole lot of things. But let's first of all, let's check in <laughs> with ourselves. It's a new year. This is your first episode of a new year and everything. How you doing? Yeah, I am doing well. It feels... Weird to be in the third week of January now. This is not boding well for how time is going to work in 2023 yet again. But I'm doing well and I'm excited to be back. I've missed y'all. So yeah, I've got some animation stuff. Are you Are you ready to get into it? So I feel like a lot of times our pull list especially is very anime heavy and I think that's great I think there is a lot of amazing anime out there but we have some really great animation coming up on the docket some of it we have talked about before so we've gotten new trailers for Velma and the the Velma show not the new Scooby-Doo movie which already happened, the new Velma show, um, and also Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, uh, and of course, Spider-Verse, June 2nd, my heart, ugh. Anyway, we have some great animation coming up, a lot of which we've talked about extensively, but something that we just found out is that we're going to have a Phineas and Ferb revival. And I think that we can talk and, and... this should go on our list of sideshows that we never actually record, but <laughs> I think there is a a talking point around what gets canceled. We've we had some cancellations that were kind of devastating. Obviously, Craig of the Creek not being renewed, uh, Jessica's Big World not go moving forward. Like, we have had some really weird decisions when it comes to cancellations, and we have talked before in other spaces about revivals and reboots and the idea of telling new stories. I'm going to table that a little bit. I I think it is valid. I also am excited for Phineas and Ferb. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think... Man, we have been doing the podcast long enough that when Candace Against the Universe came out, we talked about that on the podcast, which was the last Phineas and Ferb movie. I really, really enjoy Phineas and Ferb. I think that they do a great job of engaging audiences of all ages, and I think that the idea of seeing non-traditional families is really important but also seeing kids who are independent and resourceful and have a can-do attitude and it's it's because they are loved and supported not in spite of not being loved and supported which i think is also a trope that can happen sometimes um and they push themselves they aren't no child on that show is mediocre right and 
that's amazing. So I am excited about this Phineas and Ferb revival. We have 40 episodes that have been greenlit so far, which they're going to split into two seasons. And of course, they will run on Disney. We do not have a release date yet because it's animation. So who knows when they actually ordered it and how long it's going to be from order to actually getting out into the world because animation takes a really long time. But I am excited about that and I hope that this will lead to more good animation. What do you think? If there were a This Week in Nerd News drinking game, one of the rules would definitely take a <laughs> shot every time we say the word excited or some variation of it, right? So yeah. with that, I'm going to try and challenge my brain here and say that instead of being excited about the Phoenix Deferred News, I am riveted. I Ooh. am thrilled. Okay. I am... The okay, is key. <laughs> The Swords Keith, you know, like I work in content. I got to have mm-hmm. some Swords game every now and then. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, I feel all those wonderful, positive, amazing things. I think that, honestly, this is like largely due to TikTok because I think Phoenix and Fur was one of those shows that we didn't realize we were all watching mm-hmm. until we got to like on the social media and things started to go more viral. And I think a big part of that comes from Dan Povenmire's platform on TikTok especially, mm-hmm. where he's become kind of everyone's TikTok animation uncle in a sense, mm-hmm. talking about both the show, other random things, like he's showing the response it has to people out in the world. And that's just kind of, I've watched that myself grow over the past couple of years and everything because, let me look it up now, Finney's Deferred like last, it started in 2007, yeah. right? And, like, yep. the last episodes look like they aired in 2015, like, the, mm-hmm. like the middle of it. So, like, it's been a good seven years since the show went off the air. So, it's had enough yeah. time to grow and acquire more fans as time goes mm-hmm. on after that. Um, when it comes to, like, the show in and of itself, I love it, too, because, like you said, everyone on that show is absolutely exceptional. And I love that every episode of that, and by episode, I'm talking about, like, the 10 minutes, like, two of those make a whole right, episode right. and stuff. The writing in that show was always great because everything would be like callbacks, but also they were independent to each other. So you could watch them out of order and be fine. And the fact that they had the talent to be able to write a song for each episode there, and they were pretty much all bops. Like that. Absolutely. The the history of Phineas and Fur puts that as an animated show in the upper echelon for me, along with the likes of things like Avatar The Last Airbender, which, by the way, Mm Quick 10-second digression. We're getting more Avatar universe stuff. Like, they're yes. talking about, like, the next Earth King, Earth-bending Avatar after Korra is going to get a TV show and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, like, we're going to be, like, inundated with Avatar content soon enough, and I can't wait. Yes. But, um, but I'm saying, like, I feel like Phoenix and Ferb is, in, for me personally, in the upper echelon of animated series, along with um, Justice League Unlimited, Avatar The Last Airbender, Craig of the Creek, like, shows like that. And, like, I'm decided to get 40 more episodes of that. Even if that's the end of it, I already thought it was done. Only thing for me is... The finale of Things of Fur was already right? kind of perfect. It was perfect. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, so like how are we going, so it's going to just like backdate it and just add more things on to that summer or something? Because like it was a pretty big time skip. There's a lot of life mm-hmm. between the main canon of that story and the time skip they did about all the kids going off to college. So it's a lot of room there. I'm just curious to see how that happens. And like, I guess to be brief devil's advocate, my only brief concern is like, let's not take away from that finale by going back for more. But again, I'm pretty right. sure that like Dan Pavelmeyer, who signed on for this, and the co-creator, who Swampy uh, Marsh, who is like currently in negotiations, if they come back, I have no worries whatsoever. Absolutely. At some point, we should do our favorite Phineas and Ferb song. Oh, yeah. You can learn a lot from a person by the favorite <laughs> Phineas and Ferb song. Absolutely. Do you have one? Oh, God, I just thought of four. So, like, I don't have a single <laughs> one. I gotta think them. about it. Like, just that quick, four I came to mind. I don't know which is my favorite. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll come back to this. All right. So, let's take a quick break. 
and then we'll come back with our big ticket that you have for us, Keith. And we're back and we're here to talk about some of the biggest thing that happened in the nerd space, but admittedly a niche nerd space. But given our audience and people listening to this show, like it's probably right in your purview. As Mikel and I talked about briefly last episode of the lightning round, there's been a lot of talk and discourse happening in the tabletop RPG space or Dungeons and Dragons specifically because Hasbro, which owns Wizards of the Coast, which owns D&D Beyond, Dungeons and Dragons, and Magic the Gathering, just got into a lot of hot water because a document was leaked out of them trying to promote a new open game license. And just kind of explain what that is, as myself not being a lawyer, and if you want to get more information on this stuff, you can look up an article I read on CNBC that was awesome. There was a great video on a YouTube page called Legal Eagle, and I'm sure Victoria had other recommendations too. But like the TLDR version of this is that Hasbro is trying to do capitalism things and monetize Dungeons & Dragons even more by essentially saying that like, hey, we own the intellectual property what Dungeons & Dragons is. And if you are a content creator using our property to do so, once you pass a certain threshold of income, like we want a piece of that, right? Which is the opposite of how things have been for basically the last 20 years with the original open game license that Wizards of the Coast had, which pretty much kind of made it so that you could use the methodology or not the methodology, yeah, the methodology is actually a good word, and the processes that go into Dungeons and Dragons as a tabletop game and make your own things with that to kind of make it a very community-based like hobby and activity and stuff to do, right? Well, since as of now, and according to the article I read in CNBC, 20% of Hasbro's revenue in 2021 came specifically from Wizards of the Coast properties, which is Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. And even with that being the case, the president of Hasbro, or at least an executive of Hasbro, I'm not sure exactly who it was, came out at last December saying, we love our D&D community, but this is admittedly a very under-monetized, I think is the word that they use, meaning that there's a lot more they could be doing. And from their perspective, yes, D&D has gotten exponentially more popular in the past decade alone, if you could even say the past five years whether it be in a combination of like more live actual plays gaining popularity whether it be like one of the big ones like critical role or dimension 20 or even some of the smaller ones that are the many many that are out there on twitch and youtube and stuff we've also got it showing up more in pop culture canon like stranger things being popular and also a dungeon and dragons movie that's coming out soon that genuinely <laughs> looks like it's gonna be pretty good and like well produced right so like whole different thing right it's a whole different world than it used to be so with that being pop opportunity like businesses are gonna do what they're going to do and they're going to try and get ahead of that well as you would imagine the DD community did not take to that information well whatsoever from everyone's perspective in the D community it kind of sounded like okay yes you're trying to do capitalism things what you're trying to do is basically like have ownership over something that we've had full control to do what we want to do for the past 20 years that made this community and you instantly saw people canceling DD beyond subscriptions like in huge numbers there was a kick there was a petition that got started with the hashtag OpenDND that got thousands and thousands of signatures on it as well. And, and while this was all happening, Hasbro remained pretty much silent for about a week, not giving any kind of comment on it whatsoever, letting people speculate. And also, as a side point, like some of the initial theories that came out about this weren't really sound because you had people who weren't lawyers trying to understand legal jargon, which can lead to some hot, some trouble here and there. That's typically when you would step in and clarify, but they didn't even do that much. So it took about a week of all this happening and fans getting more and more dissatisfied. And one of the ongoing conversations was, you can build a community in 20 years and lose it in five minutes. 
minutes. And that's kind of the direction that we were heading in, right? And to get a little deeper into what everyone was upset about with the OGL, like I said, third-party creators were under the new OGL that, again, this was a draft, wasn't released publicly, it kind of leaked. But based on what people were reading, it was basically setting a precedent where going forward, once they release this, once creators get more than $50,000 in revenue from using D&D properties, they would have to report that revenue to Hasbro. Basically, Hasbro keeping an eye on like how much like their stuff's being used. And then even more so than that, and I think this will become a factor for those big creators like Critical Role, Dimension 20, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Once they start to make more than $750,000 from D&D properties, which again, they've been had to report at that point, they have to give 20% of every dollar over that amount to Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast, Right. And again, they're really trying to get that money in. And the interesting thing about that is that word came out that there were a handful of popular creators that got reached out to in advance by Hasbro saying, hey, we'll grandfather you in with a better deal and a lower cut if you go ahead and get onto this now and support it so that when we launch this news publicly, we've already got you on board. And like, we don't know who that was exactly because those people are remaining anonymous. But like, that's all the stuff that was happening. And I guess I'll briefly play like, corporate devil's advocate in a sense <laughs> based on information that i've heard before like i turned it over to victoria on this like one big thing that i was thinking about here is that if and this is actually something i heard in the video on legal eagle i heard earlier when i was researching this too is that if the biggest problem here is that we were going from a space where people basically had like all the freedom to do what they wanted to do for the most part and then being restricted when if you were to look at a large conglomerate like Disney for example and if they were to release an update to their open like to their open game licensing something like that knowing they're historically restrictive like people would love these kind of terms but like again context is very important and this is where I stop my devil's advocate talk because again <laughs> that's not how I feel on this um, but like the thing about that is it's a totally different tone and context when you are then saying, oh, you've had everything and now you only get some of that versus you had nothing and now here's something. It's all about perspective there, right? So this situation is complicated, but lo and behold, after a week of silence from Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast, they did release a statement saying that they were going to hold off on updating this gaming license and take care of certain things so that they'll find other ways to monetize the game that doesn't jeopardize the community and this and that. And it was basically kind of read like a giant letter of like, all right, cool, we were wrong, sorry about that. But but reports still came out after that letter was released saying that executives within Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast specifically think the fans are overreacting. And what they're hoping that they can do is let this die down after a few months and then roll the plan back out. So a lot of the organizers for the Open D&D campaign and the um, the petition and all that stuff they are saying like cool this is a small this is a win we won the battle we got to keep our eye on it until we actually see the terms ourselves and see if we won the war so that's what's been going on in the tabletop gaming space and D&D like it's been impacting everybody in this space that's become much much more popular capitalism is going to do capitalism things that's the TLDR on this <laughs> Victoria any thoughts? Does Victoria have thoughts on capitalism? <laughs> well yes yes I do I think that my overall thought for this is that this is a space where Wizards of the Coast is going to show us who they are. I don't... I, I think the most likely outcome is that they will, in fact... The, the, the specific numbers and percentages might change, 
but I think that they will move forward with this new update uh, because that's how capitalism works. I think that that is incredibly... It's not, it's not quite hypocritical, but I think that for a company who says, who talks the talk about diversity and about progressiveness and all of those things, there are so many times that we see them not walking the walk in their practices, and I think this would be another one of those times. If you did not have a huge disparity between what your executives were making and what your narrative developers were making, if those those kinds of pay scales were a lot more flat, and then you were telling us, hey, we need more money in order to be able to pay people what they're worth, okay, I think that's a different conversation to be had. But like, Wizards makes so much money they make so much money. So while, yes, I can see how they look at this and see say we could be making more money, it's it's not like they're not making money. They are they just acquired multiple uh, video game developing s- contracts and studios to go into video games. They also own Warhammer 40k. Like they are they are not hurting for money. So if they are saying that that they need more to for equitable pay or anything like that, like that is a distribution issue. And again, you're not walking the walk. So I don't see the only gain here is for wizards. And I don't think that that is going to go over. I don't think that's going to go over well. Um And also, I would just like to add that this is a 20% fee on every dollar over $750,000 of profit, right? Yeah. And they're saying... I think it wasn't even profit. One of the concerns was like just total... Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So it's not even profit. So they are saying that... Folks are overreacting for this. Can I just can I just put out there that Elizabeth Warren's estate tax that everyone was up in arms about was a two percent tax on any dollar amount over fifty million, fifty million dollars, and three percent on fortunes worth more than one billion dollars. And that was too much. But now you're going to come out and say that people are overreacting on a 20% fee on 750 Mm-mm. Nope. Capitalism. Dislike. Hashtag it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great point you put in that kind of context, though. And one thing you said that I especially love is like, and think we need to carry with us in this conversation is the only ones gaining from this proposed change. Because again, this was unofficial. Mm-hmm. It was leaked. It wasn't confirmed or anything, right? The only people benefiting from this, as you said, was Wizards. 
or Hasbro at this point, mm-hmm. right? And that's something you got to think about. Like, if there were some kind of visible trade-off that would benefit other people, people might have been more likely to take this off. Like, one of the funny jokes I saw about this in the Legal Eagle video was when this attorney was breaking down, like, the different copyright and trademark conversations happening around this. Like, they referenced the lawyers for Wizards of the Coast and how they wrote up this document. And, like, they put up a little mini stat bar for them saying intelligence plus two, charisma minus three. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that pretty much tracks. I feel like oh. the minus three is very strong for a character sheet but uh-huh. it happens it's possible yeah. and that's kind of what i'm seeing here yeah yeah that is that is a lot um we'll we'll have to see how they move forward i definitely think this was an on purpose right i think that somebody somebody how i imagine this going down is that there was somebody who has been trying for months to tell the like head of the board that this is a terrible decision and that person is just like no 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 no, it'll be fine and finally they were just like i'ma leak it so that they can see how much backlash they get and then maybe they will rethink this thing um that is just victoria's headcanon i have no actual basis for that but i imagine that that is what happened is that somewhere in a meeting room someone was like ripping their hair out of like i've tried to tell you how badly this is gonna go over with your with your audience and i think that i think that there are so many good things that wizards has done i am I'm not so sure about Hasbro uh, since they acquired it, but just in general, like Wizards, the D&D community, the, even the magic community, like there are so many good things there. And, and I think that there are a lot of people who want to see them resolve this in a way that works for everybody. So with that, let us jump into our lightning round, because this week, as all weeks, we had way more things to cover than we could actually talk about. So here are a few more that came across our virtual desk that we wanted to let you know about. I already said that Spider-Verse is coming out on June 2nd, but there's some new trailers, there's some new kind of character backgrounds out so check those out if that is a thing that appeals to you i'm so excited for this movie it's gonna be dope abbott elementary got renewed for season three uh specifically it got renewed early because abbott elementary is amazing if you have not watched it i would absolutely give it a try uh quinta brunson is amazing and incredible and that show just makes me really happy and it's fairly accurate to teaching in an elementary school. <laughs> so, um, and animal news, because why wouldn't we have animal news? More animal escapes. <laughs> I'm always rooting for the animals. Even if it's Every a leopard in Dallas? Time. Yeah, yeah. So the Dallas Zoo is has closed for the time being because there's just a clouded leopard missing so i guess technically we don't know that it has escaped but they can't find it so um yeah well no I, no i think they they i just looked it up i think they just found the leopard oh so I think we're no good. sorry to break it to you i was rooting <laughs> for the leopard uh, okay, so my last thing is Sherlock Holmes. I have been waiting for this literally for years. Sherlock Holmes has moved into the public domain. So Ooh. it is now under uh, a common license, 
which is amazing and means that we can actually have book accuracy, but also new twists and turns from other interpretations of people in the modern age. So before January 1st, you still had to get permission from the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in order to make anything with the Sherlock property. And they were very restrictive about how um, how Sherlock was portrayed. And now that's over. So yeah, more Sherlock, more smiley Sherlock, maybe queer Sherlock, maybe girl Sherlock. So many options and I'm very excited for it. And that's how I'm gonna end the lightning round because that was a thunderstorm and not lightning. But anyway, <laughs> if you want more from the Black Nerd Problems News Network, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture updates. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. And I'm your host, Keith Wee Cleveland. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. <laughs>